Hey, hey, it's close and play. Close the lid. The music plays. Like magic. Open the lid. The music stops. Like magic. See? No tone arm to handle. Just close and play. Close and play is so simple, even Nancy can have her own. Kenner's new improved close and play. One of the easiest to use photographs in the world.
And it's funny, I never know how to start these. Like people tell me to be confident and to be myself, which is tricky because I need them to pick one. I can't be both. Um, with that being said, welcome back to Napalm Nanny in the Shack. For this episode of Napalm and Friends, I actually have one of my dear friends, Brian, also known as Brian Bison on Instagram. I got that right, right? That's right. I mean, yeah, it's that. <laughs> the reason why I wanted you on the shack is because you're one of my friends that has this really extensive record collection. You are essentially the rain man of records. Like I had the pleasure of crossing three states with you and at each record, stop, uh, record store that we stopped at, you were just spewing all these facts about bands and like record labels. And it's pretty impressive. So I really did enjoy that. I want to know why do you get so much satisfaction from collecting records and just digging into music history? I mean, growing up, I always liked music and history, I guess. It's just simple as that. Um, I always joke around, my pops is two things, sports and music. My brother's sports and I'm the music aspect. And my pops is actually the one who would give me little tidbits growing up. Oh, this album, this song, this band, this, this and this. And I always liked it. It was always really fun listening to that. Um, like I said, in, in school, I always liked history. And I love learning what musicians, what bands went through, their influences, where they're from. Because just growing up in, well, you know where we're from, Southgate. Um, there's a lot of little history here. Music history, too. Like you got, well, Slayer's HP, but they went to Southgate High. Cypress yeah. Hill. And nobody people know that. It's just little history aspects about it. And we have, we have little famous venues, little famous backyard shows. It's just things I truly enjoy to learn and know about. And then just kind of like a background, like how we became friends. I was working at Yuri's Records in Southgate and you would come in. I guess it was kind of like a small little community of music nerds that would kind of gather there. And it is one of the tiniest record stores that I ever set foot in. But it is one of, I don't want to say like the coolest, you know, music community, but people that are there have a lot to say. And that's what I think is interesting. And that's where I crossed paths with you. And then what I want to know as well, as you're digging through these records, how do you decide which one you want to pick up? Oh, that is the worst. Um, like we went to three record stores and I was the last one to finish looking and picking up. Um, I usually go through the whole store. I can't, I don't just start uh, right now. What am I listening to today or even yesterday? It's simple as that. Um, what I've been in the mood for and just start looking at the youth section. Always look at the youth section. You always find gems there. It's yeah. nice getting new records, being the first one to touch it. Yeah, that's cool and all. But sometimes you want to save a couple bucks, <laughs> you know? Some records you just like, oh, I just need this in my collection. I just need this. It's not something that you've been hunting for. So I always go through the youth section, just go through everything. Go through basic uh, the genres I'm always into, not even basic genres. And I just get a uh, big, heavy stack. And then when I get the big, heavy stack, that's when the process on the nation. Like, hey, um, how easy it is to get this? How often have I seen this one? Do I need this one? Have I seen this record before? Because if I've seen it before, chances are I'm gonna see it again. You know? And that was the main thing when I was going only to those three record stores. What was it? Easy Street, Eye Candy, and um, 4,000 Holes. Those, I only picked up records that I haven't seen here in LA. You know, we have so many record stores here. And I picked up some like, oh, well, I haven't seen these. They could have been new releases, and that now they have them here. That's cool. Point is, I didn't see them. That was a major deciding factor. Yeah. You know, it's very rare when I picked up a record, like, oh, I've been listening to this album nonstop. Because chances are, okay, I'm gonna find it again. It's okay. 
you know, I don't have all the money in the world. I, as much as I like picking up records and things like that, I just want to listen to things that are just harder to get because it's happened to me many times where I look for a record and I'll buy it next time. And guess what? I've never seen it again. <laughs> Ooh, the one that that's got the worst feeling. Oh yeah, that's the worst feeling. Or like modern bands. Uh, like when they're in tour or something, they have little 45s and you have that, they have that single, it's like, but you were broke at the time. I'm still looking for 45s or for records that are like that limited pressing, which I'm a sucker for and I hate it, mm. but I am a sucker for that. Like when I first caught them, I'm still looking for those damn records because you can't find them anywhere. It's funny because when we went to those three record stores, which we, we essentially stopped in Montana for ear candy, I believe. Really great record store, really sweet uh, owner. And and then it was 4,000 Holes in Spokane. And then what was the last one in Seattle? It was, that was in Seattle. Um, in Seattle, it was Easy Street. That's because they had the cafe. Uh, that's right, that's right. Pretty good food there too. But uh, going back to the records, what I think is funny is every time you would pick up a record and you're just like, should I do it? I'm like the worst person to shop with because I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell you to do it. Or I'm like, just take it, just do it. Like I, I I'm pretty impulsive, and I, try, I guess I kind of rub that off on other people around me. Where I'm like, just do it, let's do it. Like you're gonna regret not taking it. And you walked away with a pretty hefty stack. It was pretty impressive. I pulled out money I shouldn't have spent. I remembered, oh, what did I? Okay, I went home with what twenty something records. I want to say more. Oh man, but like you gotta think about it over the span of a couple, like just two, three days of shopping, and then uh, you're it's already treating yourself if you buy like five records in one go because you're like, oh man, that's hundred bucks at least. Yeah, I left with, uh, you know, I left with some good deals. I got some good used ones, you know, but it was still like I have to carry these back. Vinyl, it's it's horrible. You leave them in a car just to fuck. You can even go take a piss. By the time they come back in the heat, they're warped. Yeah, it's horrible. They're horrible, and I'm like, I'm gonna fly with these. I'm gonna, but I wanted to, and I remember thanks to you, which is a good thing. It's like, all right, fuck it, I deserve this. Why not? I, I should get it. Nancy's right. I should just do it. <laughs> You're welcome. And I remember by yeah, thank you, thank you. And I remember by Easy Street, I was just like, oh, I don't know if I should could. And then like, oh, like I was. I remember I was looking for you, but that's when you started feeling a little bit sickies. Yeah. And um, I was like. Oh no, I already know the answer. Where am I gonna go? Like, why am I gonna ask her? She's gonna, she's gonna tell me just, just do it. And I really need a, like, like, I think an easy shit was the biggest stack. I had like 15 records at one point. I'm like, no, I'm only gonna take like five or six. Yeah. That's it, you know? So I needed help to just decide. And it just went down to that. Like, um, the one come up that I really enjoyed was that Frighteners record. I've been looking for that for a very long time. And it's probably been a repress. They just repressed it last week, all I know. I, I never really look into that. You know, for me, it's more exciting to just find it. You know, don't get me wrong. I do I do pre-orders online when I come across some things like that. But nothing beats just finding it at a record store. Yeah. That's one of the that's one of the beautiful things about it, like actually holding it, touching it. And that's one of the reasons I love vinyl, to be honest. I, I realized thanks to streaming platforms, I, I forget about those hidden B-sides because guess what? They're not on streaming platforms. Yeah. I went to my old uh, Google account. I have a bookmark of like 200 songs on YouTube, just B-sides. Like, they're not on streaming. I'm like, oh man, I wish it's so much easier because unfortunately, whatever is easier is what we go to. Sometimes we don't want to make the extra effort just to listen to that one thing. And holding these records, you have them. Baby, do you 
understand me now Sometimes I feel a little mad But don't you know that no one alive Can always be an angel When things go wrong I seem to be bad Sometimes it seems that all I have to do is worry And then you're bound to see my other side Sometimes I find myself long regretting Some foolish thing, some little sinful thing I've done I'm just a soul whose intentions are good Oh Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood
not all record stores are commu- are created equal. They're not because so it's just I guess it's just management. You know, you want to walk into a record store and just like before I even look at the records, I look at what's on the walls. I want I look around like the environment. You know, what's the mood in here? What music is playing? You know, even the music always changes depending on the worker because you're gonna get a lot of different personalities at a record store. That's why I love record stores where it's very few workers. Unfortunately, it's probably like, oh, they just can't afford getting more workers. But also like when the owner is working it, that's the best. He could tell you all these stories and he, and he hand curated everything that's coming inside the store. Don't get me wrong, he gets probably the bigger things that are out because he has to, you know? Yeah. It's just what people ask for. Bomb Prishki goes through, he or she goes through all these um, weird stuff and like, hey, I like this. I want to bring it to my store, you know? What attracts me in stores is I literally go to forums. I don't go to search in Google top places. No, I try hearing from the people or when we go visit a specific city or when I go past locals. Hey, where do you go? And people don't want to burn spots. They want to gatekeep. And I get it because it burns a lot of things. I remember the whole trip where like goddamn TikTok influencers killing all these places. It's cool that places get spread out, but also when you get too much foot traffic, it kind of ruins it, you know? Oh, it definitely does. I mean, like... But I always look for locals. With Avenue 26, where it blew up so much on TikTok that they actually ended up shutting it down. It, you want to keep this place thriving, but when you burn it, you it, it almost feels like you just burned it to the ground. So it becomes like a very fine line of you want to preserve the integrity of these small shops, but you also want them to thrive. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly that. Definitely want to thrive. You definitely want to throw them out. That's why I always, I, I write everything down. I write everything down. Like um, you saw my phone with Charlie, I was marking things on my phone, maps, you know? And I've already had people ask me, how was Seattle? How was Montana? Things like that. And I tell them, hey, I know you like this, do this, this, and this. And I've even referred to those record stores. Hey, um, even if you're really starting on music, that's cool. Uh, if you like collecting records or you still collect CDs or you want to see posters, check out these shops. You know, I tell them that like, uh, look for these people. This owner was cool. Just try talking to them because a lot of people are afraid to just talk. But it's it's the workers that are be the best stories or even um, chatting with local customers. You know, we, I didn't really get that opportunity. But usually when I go alone by myself to record stores, I'm just I'm just chopping with other people you know get recommendations if like if i like this one thing oh you can like this too and usually it's something i've never heard or if um i have heard of it i'll, I'll join it oh dude i know this one um i i think of this person this song or this group remind me of this other group and they're like maybe they knew and they didn't know it you know it's just a cool community um you never want to go to an empty store well sometimes you do Sometimes you do, because then you have the whole story to yourself. <laughs> you could dig, but it's, I, I like going to stores with the right amount of people. Like, I, I like going to small stores. Small stores are my favorite. I used to love Amoeba. I never go to Amoeba now unless I need to go get a specific record and I'm never going to carry it. It's just local stores like that are amazing. If you haven't gone to Amoeba, go to Amoeba. That's, that's one thing. That's a very famous spot in Los Angeles a year ago. It's not even just for records, for movies, posters, anything that's related to well, art in that sense. Visual, audible, all of that good stuff. But I always look for small stores. Small stores because it's just more intimate and you can really look in there what you want to find or what you're in the mood for. Because I'm very indecisive. Like I said, I never really go into a store looking for one specific thing because I get distracted. I don't know what it is. If I look for one record, I sometimes leave the store and like, oh, crap, I forgot to look for that record. <laughs> way to approach it, to be honest, where it's like you just go in. I really like digging through 45s and 
Sometimes you might get a 45 with like some cool art on it. Other times they're just in a sleeve. And then it's for the most, not most part, but sometimes I'll dig through it and I may not know the artist, but I recognize a record label or vice versa, where I'm like, I recognize this artist, but I don't recognize this label. And I'm, for the most part, pretty cheap. And the way I see it, it's just like, cool, it's a buck or two bucks. Why not? Let me just throw it in there. Listen to it when I get home. Or sometimes, sometimes these shops will let you listen to it there. Mm-hmm. I'm always too shy to go and ask, but um, I'll listen to it and I'm like, cool, I like it. Or hey, I don't like it, but at least now I know. And it's, I don't know, it's still kind of cool to have in the collection. So it's just a matter of going and just being open to what you might find with these small shops. And what I really liked is how you mentioned talking to the owners specifically, because they're the ones that curate their stores. And unfortunately, when we went to 4,000 Holes, we went when there was an employee there, still a cool guy. But when I had gone, I had the pleasure of coming across the owner, sweetest guy with every record that I was purchasing. He had a story to tell. Like when I got, um, oh my God, I forgot which record I picked up from there out of the stack. But he kept telling me, it's like, oh yeah, this guy played here. His bassist has a coolest like goatee. Like he's a great bassist, yada, yada. And then after we paid, he was so sweet. He goes, oh my God, thank you so much for your business. You know, my dog and I get to eat tonight. And I was like, oh my God, you know I mean? Like, I hope you eat every day, but you're welcome. <laughs> and I was looking forward to meeting him because I, I, I wanted to meet the dog. I was hoping the dog was there. Like, sir, I hope you eat, but I want I want, I want to make sure your dog eats, you know? But it, it was still a cool spot. Um, the, the worker there was still, what I really liked about that store, I don't know if you noticed the Beatles collection. They had like the whole shelf at the background. Oh, yeah. It was just Beatles memorabilia. Like, that was pretty cool, you know? Um, I'm a sucker for it. I'm not, not even Beatles music, but the memorabilia, like the, the amount of things they've done with Beatles stuff. It, it, it was really, really, really cool. And I really enjoyed that store because they even had a section of um, Pacific Northwest bands. Yeah, I'm like, and I wish I looked more through them. Um, I should have gotten the Bedlam and, and a Kingsman record from there, because um, when in Rome, you know, <laughs> when you're when you're in local spot, try to get the those famous local bands, famous local records. Um, because the way I see it, like even if I miss something, like this, the limited releases where I do make an effort. But records that have been out for a long time, like people who know me, like in high school, I listen to a bunch of classic rock. Ask me how much classic rock records I have. Not many. Because I'm gonna get it at one point in my life, I have a long life. It's gonna get added to the collection at one point, mm-hmm. you know. And that's probably because that's probably one of the reasons why I invest so much in records. Because I'm like, this is gonna be a lifelong thing. If I go broke, the last thing I'm selling are the records. I probably put my last money to put them in the storage and let it go with everything else. To me, at least. Mm-hmm. And when I die, I'm gonna melt them and make them to a coffin because nobody else is getting those records with me. <laughs> Damn. You know what? Uh, I have heard of what kind of kind of off topic, kind of on topic. But apparently what you can do now is you can turn your ashes into a record and you get to pick the playlist that goes with it. And I'm just like, that's how I want to go. We talked about that. Uh, I think it's a, a 30 minute record, something like that. 30 minutes could be um, made into it. And I already have three songs that are going on there. I remember every day for the past four years, I randomly get it the moment like, this song's going on there. And I should make a list. I should make a list and just keep it in a drawer. Songs I want on that record. And one of those songs are gonna go into this playlist. I was thinking about that. But um, I'm, I don't wanna share all of them, but I know like the last track is probably just gonna be me seeing, I'm known for like really bad jokes. So I just wanna say like really bad joke that hopefully somebody has recorded and then just me laughing in the background. And yeah, you know, just build an altar, an altar, an altar and just put the record and leave a beer there. But uh, put a PBR, we're good. Call it a day. 
deep, but my spirit will rock to you. don't have any other questions for you i mean if you have any other sentiments thoughts whatever you want to share on records or music uh, no no just records are a beautiful thing like i said like even going back like i gave you when i came when i landed there i gave you that Nick gray um record and that's because that song is not always on the record it's uh i wish it was an original on radio edit only you know but it was a remake and I think it was, it was on Norton, was it on Norton? Like everything we talked about, it's one of those records. It's, it's not an obscure song, but it's never on a record. It's uh, a great single. It only cost me like four or five bucks. You know, that's what I love about 45s. They never really, well, unless they're collectible, they go up like a, like a ridiculous amount, you know? But that's a different part of collecting. I'm not the collector of uh, rare stuff. Even though people have told me I have rare stuff, but that's because they became rare. Follow-up question, as far as, you know, spending a couple of bucks on a record, I'm curious, what is the most expensive record you've bought? I've paid money for mm-hmm. uh, It was probably Record Store Day, Otis Reddy's, uh, it's, I don't know, I was looking at it. I just want to get the name correctly just for this, but it was 60 fucking bucks. Ooh. I'm like, 60 bucks for a record? And it was nothing really special. I alphabetized my records to make it easier to find, and here I am struggling. Well, at least you have a system. I do not. There we go. Yeah, it's Otis, it's Otis Redding's Otis Blue. Mm. You know, and I, the reason I got it is because it has um, the song, which one was it? Loving You Too Long. And this was actually the first repress ever since the 60s. They never repressed it. So I guess that's why it was so expensive. It's it's one of the best albums, in my opinion. Otis Blue, Otis Redding sings Soul. And I I remember paying 60 bucks for that. I was like, oh, man, why? Because I'd rather rather spend 100 bucks on four or five records than 100 bucks on one record. I'm guilty of that. I've actually spent about 100 and something bucks for a 1960-something press of Les Jaguars. Oh, that's worth it though. <laughs> yeah. I, I look at it, like I still, I, mean, I obviously still have it in my collection and I look at it and I was just like, I dropped so much money for this, but I was like, but it's so good when I play it. You know, like when we were in Easy Street, they had, I, you, you were downstairs, but uh, me and Anthony, we found all those live bootlegs. Some of those were going for $300 and I'm like, Oh, but this is really, these are live concerts if somebody record them into a record. How cool is that? You know, it's it's a quality of quantity type of thing, but sometimes the quality is it's a little higher than quantity, you know? It's just got to be worth it. Mm-hmm. But, but who knows? I'll probably end up buying multiple versions of the same record just because like, oh, this is cooler. But I'm just going to keep them. I'm just going to have multiple copies. Mm-hmm. I guess that's cool. But it's not even, 
a record collection. Like, thank you for saying how my collection is cool, but I'm, I'm, I'm like, whatever, but I'm just happy to have it. My favorite thing is going to stores, just licking through them, holding the record, opening up, being weird and smelling record. It has that old smell, and that's so cool. I love that. Um, people hate it. I, I actually had a talk with someone who, like, oh, I want this copy, but somebody wrote their name on it. I'm like, give me that. Some other story, and it's passed down, and now you have it. You know, I actually just started with the records we just went on the inside paper sleeve. If it's a blank one, I wrote down the date and the record store I got it from. It's not on the cover, it's in the inside sleeve. So I know like, hey, I was here at this time. Like it's a, it's a memento for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And even, I even wrote it on the record that I gifted to someone else. Cause um, I'm like, so they, when they open it, they're like, oh yeah, this was from Brian. He went to this store and this place. Like that's kind of cool, you know? Or so, maybe sometime down the road, if I had to sell records and some other schmuck bought the record, he's like, who the hell is Brian, whatever. Oh, but he got in Seattle. That's cool. You know, that says he came down two, three states or two states. How many miles? I just, think, I just think that's cool. If you could leave a little part of you in every record, I mean, the record leaves a part of that in you, you know? I, I think it's just passing it on. I think that's really swell and it's really neat. As far as like that little piece of your personal history on the record and who knows where it might end up next. I kind of do something similar, but I'm a, I want to say I'm a bookworm first and foremost, then, and then a record collector. I have that habit of every city that I go to, I'll try to pick up a book and then that's when I'll write like the month and date where I got it at. But what I appreciated about 4,000 Holes and Easy Street is they had a small book section. And it was all like music related. At Easy Street, I picked up uh, Billie Holiday interviews and they those have been incredibly interesting to read. I really like getting the insight. You can kind of tell which interviews that she was under the influence um, of heroin and then other ones you can tell she was like trying to sober up and clean up her act. And it's really interesting. And that's what I appreciated about Easy Street is the small book section that they had. And then with 4,000 Holes, they also had a really small book section. I ended up picking up or rather, Anthony ended up picking up and I just kind of benefit from it. Um, <laughs> it was a book on Robert Johnson. With these record stores, they have a lot more to offer than just records and just music. You know, like I said, they have memorabilia like that with 4,000 holes. They really hold true to the whole Beatlemania. Like they're, the wall in the back and the counter in the front is full of like old bandanas, patches, stickers, and it's really neat to look at. So yeah, most definitely people need to go to their local record shops, network, see what they can find because it's not, not that's not just about the music, it's more than the music. It's history, mm -hmm. it's community. There's a lot more to be found there. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you never know who went through there. Like I remember, what was it in, uh, these, uh, was it, I can't even, I can't even records, what band played there before, like a little while before we were there. You have big bands, it's, it's a record I never really heard of like that. But you have bigger bands or famous people walking by and going to those record stores saying that they know it. I forgot they mentioned we went through the Instagram and who went through it? I did because I started talking to the guy telling him about the. I started chatting him up, asking about the store, and then I told him about the shack. So I hope he listens. We'll tag him here so he has to listen now. Not necessarily the genre that I listen to, but it's a band that I recognized. Something Sons, Mumford and Sons. They the randomly- Yeah, they, Mumford and Sons. Mumford and Sons, like Mumford and Sons. Yeah, they randomly played there. I was like, what? That's so cool. It's a small shop, you know? You never know who walks in there. That's just part of the magic that's in a record store. If people just go in there to buy 
the, the rec- their favorite record. I guess what? I'm sorry to say, it's been pressed for 40 years. Cool. You only go there just for that and leave? I mean, more power to you. You listen to your favorite songs, you know? But look around. Look around. Look what's on the wall. I remember like those little, not even collectible records, was just, oh, this one's cool. They put, the owners put them on the wall. Oh, I want that one. Or get posters, you know? Or what I regret was not buying shirts of those in the record shop you went to. Mm, yeah. I would have loved to buy shirts. You know, they had some really cool shirts. Um, and even when you're just looking at the walls, the workers always go up to you, hey, man, what are you looking at? What are you looking for? You know, I sometimes go with the earphones on because I just want to dig. It's therapy. I remember I would go, I have a car, but instead of driving to, to Hollywood to go to Amoeba, I would go to my grandma's house, park the car, take the metro so I could listen to music for about 30, 40 minutes, walk to the store, spend three hours, three, four hours just digging and walking back to the metro, taking it back instead of driving. It, it, I, I potentially lost like two hours because of, of the whole trip and all that. But it was therapy, looking for music, going to a store, talking to people about things that I like, music and history, those little tidbits. And it's funny, a, a quick conversation of just, oh, did you know that this person did this? Oh, I didn't know that. That would be in my head the whole way home. Like, damn, I didn't know that. I'm looking into it. It's just a conversation starter, a new little hobby or a new little thing to learn. And I yeah. love that. And I love that. That was my favorite thing about record stores. You know what? I think I'll have to go back to the media just for that. <laughs> and I avoid it. But just for take the metro and do that. Because that's what I would do in high school. I was too broke to, to go in any other way. I would have to take the bus. I would have to hop in the bus because um, the metro fare at the time was like 175. I'm like, oh man, it was like two, I would train and a bus. So that was like $6 I had to spend. I would jump in the train and the bus. I'm like, this six bucks could be an extra CD. Yeah. And I, sorry, Metro, I'm all about supporting uh, uh, the Metro now. I'll, I'll pay every single time now. But back in high school, I was like, no, nah, we'll try to sneak in. I remember once hit behind a cop, like, oh, I have to hide from him, jumped out. Just he didn't ticket me because I want to save those extra $6 for us at the time, the CD. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and I loved that. It was, it was a beautiful thing. And that, growing older, a lot of things just get, this is just growing up. But the beauty of going to a record store, that has not changed. It still feels the same way as when I remember going to a record store with only $10 and spending hours. Best, like, the best things to spend is $10 on. It's still the same feeling. And I love that. It's an amazing feeling.
what would you say it has been the best record store that you've been to? Best or favorite? Ooh, okay, fine, not best. I guess favorite. Which one has been your favorite? It's, it's always gonna be um, Third Eye. Third Eye in Long Beach. I don't even know who I am, but a little shout out to them. But it's a, it was a small shop. They moved. They, they were always on 4th Street. They moved to a bigger spot. But before, it was a little shack of a spot. It was tiny. You could literally look through every single bin in like an hour, hour and a half. Mm-hmm. But they always had gems. They always had gems. The, the owner was, um, I forgot his name. I, I need to go back. Um, he handpicked everything, always recommended. And he was fair with his prices. He's like, yeah, I know this is rare, but I'm, as long as I make my profit, I'm happy. As long as I pay my rent, I'm happy. I want to give it to someone else. But Third Eye has always been my favorite just because the guy was really cool. They had records everywhere, like 445s, these other things, you know. Always, he doesn't make it, he was making use of every single thing he had. Mm-hmm. And it was a smaller spot. I'm happy that he moved to a bigger spot because now it's more on variety. But that was one of my favorite. Arroyo up in, I think, Highland Park. That's an up-and-coming one. Really good stuff. Really good owner. Um, very fair with his prices. That's what I love. It's not the expensive records, but people who just appreciate it and just trying to give back. It's my favorite thing. I would say one of my favorite records that, or not records, sorry, one of my favorite record stores that I've been to is out in New Orleans. I've gone to, I have their sticker on one of my uh, old train cases. It's called Euclid Records, and they have some of the most impressive blues section that I have ever seen. And for the most part, like when I've gone to record stores, yeah, they'll have like a blues section, but nothing like Euclid. It's like just rows and rows and rows of records and 45s. And it just, I I, I came back with so much. And it's something that I just highly recommend to, and yeah, that's my only suggestion. (laughs) Uh, Something I'm gonna have to do. If I ever go to New Orleans, I, I know now I'm buy a 45 box over there and just dig to them. Oh, you're gonna have to. Again, you have to go to this record st- uh, record shop. The people there know what they're talking about. I had bought back from I had bought a back from the grave record, and the guy that was ringing me up, he goes, "Oh yeah, I used to work for this company, and like you know, I know these bands and these bands, and I just sat there like I couldn't say anything because I was just like so blown away. Where I'm like, yes, like give me everything that you know. Again, well worth people's times to just go into these small mom and pop shops because you don't know who you're going to talk to. So again, like how you mentioned, if you just go in to just pick up a record and then out, more power to you, by all means, support your artist. But then at the same time, you're also losing out on this amazing community where people are so willing to share their stories and their, not personal stories, but like their knowledge on music. So I guess the whole like big message behind this episode is just shop small. Shop small and buy more records. <laughs> Just buy more records. Have have some fun. Live a little, you know? And then whenever you get bored of them or need money, sell them to me. <laughs> so there you go. Sell them to Brian Bison. You can find him on Instagram. It will keep tagged uh, for this episode. If you're looking to sell, you you have a buyer. <laughs> and it's funny because I always sell that with friends. I always sell that with friends. Like, hey, man, that's cool. Get it when you're bored. Hit my line. At least I hit my line first. If I don't want it, at least I'm grateful you asked me. (laughs) Thank you so much, dude, for giving me a bit of your time and sharing your stories and sentiments on records. Yeah, so you're always more than welcome to come back if you ever want to. More than likely. We'll think of other episodes. I'd love to help out and support the shack. That's actually, I'm since like day one. I've been listening to episode um, one. Um, The other episode that you did about 
the whole road trip, the whole time you were talking, I was like, I was visualizing everything. I mean, because I was there. So I was like, oh man, I missed it. But I'll do anything to support the Shack. I'll see what I could contribute. I really appreciate you know. it. No uh, worries. So till next week, guys. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know how to end this. <laughs> me neither, but thank you. Thank you for having me on here.